football podcast we are here today to talk some fantasy football some nfl nuggets and with me my two co-hosts let me go ahead and introduce them first i'm gonna go to brad what's up brad what's up buddy how we doing today you ready to talk some fantasy yeah ready to talk some afc west get to the nitty-gritty yeah we're gonna get into some division breakdowns today kind of break down each team that's in that division and what their fantasy outlook is for the coming 2020 season. And let me send it over to my other co-host, Rich. What's up, man? What's going on, Mark? How you been? Oh, uh, you know, it's nothing but a grind out here. <laughs> <laughs> We're all grinding, man. Yeah, but that's, that's good. That's good in football. Football's a grinder sport, right? Yeah. And especially, you know, you play a full season fantasy league, you got to grind it out week to week. There's no uh, instant gratification in that type of league. For sure. Patience. Patience is key, man. I really so, rocked that patience last season and uh, I like the patience. Patience is good now. <laughs> how about you, Brad? Are you patient when it comes to fantasy football? <laughs> uh, I said moderately patient, you know, like I'm not the guy that, you know, trades away a star running back in week two because he lost two in a row. I'm more the guy like, you know, five, six weeks come in and then I'm ready to pull the panic button. So I'll kind of give it a little ways, but uh, I can't just let it go forever. Yeah, that's always so. a delicate balance is when to push the panic button when you have a, a player that's not performing. Start investigating the trade wires and everything like that. See if you can uh, move a guy that isn't quite up to par. But before we get into the fantasy talk, we're going to have a little bit of a herbal intermission. And folks, if you want to listen to my buddy Rich here, he's going to tell you about a product that he's puffing on today. What's puffing today, Mark? Um, so anyway, today we got select Leeds vape cartridge. I got a pineapple cake, so I'm going to crack this bad boy. Give you guys a little review of it. I will tell you that select Leeds packaging is a little difficult to manage that out the gate. So, it's fancy it is fancy it looks nice i appreciate that slick it's hard to get into but once you got it on here i got it rocking on a pen with the puff yeah pineapple cake that sounds like a pretty good flavor so i'd like to give it a nice solid eight second drag if i can give it a little taste i like it man i did the vince thing there real quick for you brad <laughs> the little mouth noise i'm Ooh, yum, yum, yum. Uh, <laughs> pineapple cake, uh, it's pretty good. I'll, I'll take another puff real quick. Here, hold on. So uh, when yeah. it comes to the uh, buzz that comes off of that, you know, what what are you anticipating? Is it an immediate hit or is it uh, one that's going to kind of sink in after a couple minutes? Oh, I tell you, when I when I hit vape cartridges, it's, it's more like I take, I mean, me, I have my own tolerance. Everybody has their own personal tolerances. You know, I'll take a good solid four drags or so five drags and i i usually feel the set in about 10 minutes later 10 15 minutes later is when it really like starts to like be something that i'm really feeling there's some that'll come right away but with the vape pen it is like a little bit of a delay it's kind of that like middle ground between like a dab per se or um an edible an edible takes its hour that see he's patient guys he has so, patience. Hey, I, I would say, you know, our patience, I, I'm learning about patience. <laughs> it's a new I'm more the dab guy. <laughs> I want that high now. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I'll, I'll tell you, out the gate, though, that that kind of Select Elite. I, I do like Select Elite. That's what I use a lot. So um, send us your free shit. <laughs> but new, new, fl new flavor for me today. And I, I kind of like the taste of it. It did have like a little bit of a fruity taste. It sounds delicious, man. And we'll, we'll check back in on that in a little bit. That's good. So, Brad, you said you prefer the dabs. What is it about dabs that you like the best? Uh, it's instantaneous. And it, it rocks you. Like, you know, if you're smoking flour, you want to take a blunt to the head, you know, or, you know, just smoke a t the big bong. You know, you got it's a lot of weed, a lot of smoke. One dab, you heat it up, and boom. You're good to go for hours. 
for most people, I just keep going. <laughs> I kind of like keep hours, I kinda, man. What? Hold on. Hours. I mean, you've taken three since we've been doing this. <laughs> it three is. It's only been forty minutes. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll direct this question to Rich. What is it that you think makes weed and fantasy football? mix oh so nice it's been something i've loved for a long long time i love football and i love fantasy uh you sit there and you play them at the same time you're watching your football you're smoking it is just mr relax mode so it's like you know you, you can't beat that it's like i, was, I think i was saying it the other day or uh, a minute ago you're playing a real life video game. so like you know getting stoned and playing video games that's that's classic old school stuff for us guys oh yeah we love that stuff. that's so, the like, original that's the original like so like when we get to playing fantasy it's, it's a it's a game and it's fun it's a fun time it's, it's just a great way to relax that's what i think fantasy you know so much strategy comes into it but uh, a lot of times you know you're watching the game you might be puffing on something and then your fantasy squad starts to perform not really quite a feeling that matches that maybe you pull three touchdowns out on a monday night football to win a game that's always nice so i think the best is when you're taking a dab and you go to you come back and come back to the tv and you had like two guys score touchdowns another guy score a field goal and another guy go off for 30 yards <laughs> you know, yeah i just scored know, 21 the, points the like, lucky how, dab. How that happen? yeah <laughs> holy shit i gotta go do another dab <laughs> right you miss you, you actually miss the action but you come back and your yeah. score went way up you're like okay what the hell happened yeah, yeah. yeah that's nice like, i love when all cylinders just hit no and you know honestly there's been times when like i've been like oh like i'm down a little bit in some fantasy i'm like i'm gonna go smoke a bowl man i'm I'm done with this. I'm going to go smoke a bowl. Yeah. Um, I'll come back to it. I feel like a little bit better and I, right. I can just sit there and watch the football again, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to watch football. When you know? you're down in fantasy, for sure, the stress level can get, you know, and especially in our league <laughs> with uh, the intense competition, the stress level can get out of control. So absolutely, man, if you could find a way to relax and then fingers crossed, your team starts coming back. Right. And also sure. I like to, when I'm running my research, my numbers, getting really stoned and then just diving into it and just blocking everything else out. It's good, and that's good mindset. Yeah, yeah. Mindset for just like, just, I'm just going to chill and make it a nice sound decision because I'm, I'm just hanging out. I'm relaxed. This is cool. exactly. Okay. Maybe you have a few trade offers to peruse. Your There's always trade offers to yeah. peruse yeah. until yeah. that deadline hits. <laughs> yeah. You got that consideration. You got to think about it because it's when it comes to trading, it's always a matter of do I or don't I is now the right time to pull the trigger. Am I getting the better end of the deal? And it's always up to speculation and to uh, debate because one man's trash is another man's treasure, as they say, right? Yeah, for sure. That was funny. You mentioned the trade deadline. Remember last year, I didn't realize, remember it said like nine o'clock for us. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it actually like went till 12 o'clock. There was mm-hmm. like three more hours because of that. And I was like, Oh my God, three more hours of trade. <laughs> trade right. deadline's been three more hours for me. Holy crap. I, I don't even, I think you I sent even out like six it. trades. <laughs> I, yeah. I, mean, I was like, at first I was like, I don't even really want this. I, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And then, <laughs> and then like, I was like, nah, I'm going to send out six more trades. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, both you guys, you know, are definitely the types of players that are aware of the deadline and, and on top of trying to, to pull off any last minute deals, and then there's always the owners that are just going to sleep right through the deadline and uh, be like, not even know there was a trade deadline till uh, two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, that 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 seems to happen too. I, oh, yeah, I don't understand there was a trade that uh, that mentality. But hey, totally would have traded him. I didn't realize there was a deadline. It's like the worst thing. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? You would have traded him? <laughs> I guess you would say that every good league needs a few sharks and a few minnows, right, to make it really be crisp. We got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to eat. Somebody's we got to eat. Gotta eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, appreciate that uh, herbal review from you there, Rich. And, Ooh, yum, yum, yum. You know, maybe everybody will check out that select pineapple vape. It sounded pretty delicious to me. Ooh, yum, yum, yum. And now it's time to move on into our division breakdowns and fantasy talk. So we decided we are going to start out in the AFC West. 
And that's a division that has a lot of teams that can have a lot of fantasy stars and a lot of fantasy potential. So we're going to break that down for you guys. And the first one we're going to start with is the defending, the reigning and defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to go to you first, Rich. I mean, the person that comes to mind on the Chiefs is obviously Patrick Mahomes. Do you think in year four of his career, really year three of him being a starter, is he going to continue to be fantasy's number one quarterback? think it's debatable um you're gonna have Mahomes Lamar Jackson probably Kyler Murray they're gonna be our top three I think um you get into those three guys but um Patrick Mahomes is definitely interesting at that value um are you gonna pay top three numbers for him I I might think he's got the value there with the arm and the value with the legs uh, offensive weapons out there Hill Kelsey Hardman, Watkins, it's it's the weapons situation where I love the quarterback because he has six different options on any given down. And not only that, but I also think he makes great decisions. Even when he's flustered, he gets busted out of the pocket. He's always looking downfield. He's not really looking to run first, which is great because most quarterbacks, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's looking to run. And while he should because he's a great runner, I think what sets Mahomes back is his great arm. And that's what's great is he stays back to the last minute. But when he needs to, he can run too. So he, he keeps people really, you know, on their toes. He doesn't know what's going to come. So that's what I think makes him great. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at Patrick Mahomes, you know, last year he had that injury where he, you know, he blew out his knee kind of in the middle of the season on a QB sneak. And, you know, there's a lot of panic in uh, Kansas City. There was a lot of panic in fantasy. He came back pretty strong from that. Um, but fantasy production-wise, you know, obviously they won the Super Bowl. He, uh, he was a big part of that. But fantasy production-wise, I think Mahomes was, you know, more of middle tier just because of that injury he had. But I, uh, I agree, you know, Mahomes is going to be a top-tier quarterback once again, especially with the weapons we talked about. The last thing I'll say about Mahomes is if he's on your team, you're not really stressing. So that's the one oh, thing. For sure. And so. Actually, uh, uh, let's get back to that because I wanted to ask, last year in our league, I want to say Pat Mahomes, and this is going into a second year as a starter, he, he got drafted for around 50 or $55, and we talked about the $200 auction budget that we have. You know, what do you think is a legit price for Patrick Mahomes – in an auction draft for 2020. Are you asking what do I pay for him or what do I think he's going to go for? Uh, I'd say, what do you think he's going to eventually go for? I would say about over 50 plus. I mean, he's going to be reviewed as the number one or two quarterback and they generally go for 45 to 60 bucks. So I'll, I'll chime in on that quarterback thing too. I I do say that we pay a little bit too much in our league. For quarterbacks, um, they're Absolutely. overvalued. They're overvalued in our league. Um, so when when it comes to forty five to sixty, I'm not paying. Yeah, I won't I, pay that. Either. I I won't pay that. I, like that's a little tidbit for the league there, but mm-hmm. you know, I won't pay that for the quarterback. I won't do it for the number one quarterback. Right, and some leagues play where a quarterback passing touchdown is six points. You know, mm-hmm. ours is the more traditional four points, and yeah, that kind of puts a cap on a quarterback's value when it comes to draft day just yeah. like last year Lamar Jackson went for what two four bucks oh well so, yeah total steal so I mean yeah so like there are quarterbacks out there you can save a ton of money in and use that money elsewhere yeah. like a, a solid running back or something like that and that's all baked into the draft strategy you know and yeah everybody you know I mean the top quarterbacks are going to go to some team you know, somebody's going to pay up for Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. So it's just. I mean, when it comes to that, when they draft those guys, mm-hmm. they have that leg up. They do start with, okay, I have a guy who is going to be scoring about five to six points on average a bit more. There's that tier that's going to be above the next tier where they're, they've got that separation. So they do set themselves ahead in that regard. However, I have the money left in the draft to go after my running backs and my wide receivers. Yep. It's all in, it's all in the draft strategy. And we'll kind of talk to that as we go on. It's, 
you know, and auction drafts are such a free for all, you know, regardless of what your budget is, you know, you go in there with a game plan and you go in there with your uh, <laughs> prices for every player that you want to pay. And it usually doesn't go that way. There's, no, you have a whole game plan. It goes out the window. It goes out the window. Gets. It does. It's, uh, but that's what makes that, dra- that way of drafting superior. I mean, the, the, the leagues that still do snake drafts, you know, I, I don't understand it. I just feel that like, makes no sense. Yeah, I just feel like if they try the auction one year, they never go back. It's one of those. Exactly. That's I, I've thought that often that it's like just try it, try it one time, <clears throat> and see what you guys think about it. Because guess what? You're gonna you're gonna understand that there's a different level to it. And what what's the point of this if if you can't really just like choose your team? You can't actually choose your team when you're in a snake draft. And that's you what it you is. Draft, you're not getting there. You can't actually make a decision on every single player. You don't get to make that call. Whereas in an auction, we're, we, we assign a value to literally every player. Right. Yeah. I was working at a job this weekend, and this guy was talking about his fantasy dra- uh, football league. I'm not even kidding you. They have eight keepers. They do an eight-keeper league. I was like, "What? Who? Are you, who's the number one pick? Like a kicker? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I, I couldn't even imagine that eight keepers. Some of these leagues I hear about are just trash. You're yeah, just like, I, mean, I want to score 250 points every week, you know. So how that, can we make that happen? That's yeah. something, yeah. And it's, you know, I don't want to knock other leagues. Whatever people are I in do. them, that maybe they, maybe they like them. <laughs> I, I feel like we're gonna promote on this podcast what we're gonna call the organic rules. And it's kind of a way to play fantasy football that'll put a little more strategy into your league, a little more week to week. You know, if you got 12 serious owners, 12 solid people, you know, you can have a really fun, really challenging league if you kind of follow this format. And not to say it's perfect, but like you said, we've tweaked it over the years and it's it's about just about as good as it can get. You know, we play on ESPN.com, but it's a, it's a league that's challenging all around for every owner, whether you've been a champion, whether you've been in last place, you know, you, there's always the chance that you can just have a breakout year. And when you have keepers involved, right. What does that do? You, you that's don't, the thing, like, it's not the reset. Yeah. The dynasty. I won last year. So I'm going to win the next three years. Like there, that, who, who, that's not fun. There's no reset. And you, you, you have to get married to a player. And I, yeah, I don't like that either. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I yeah. So I I do agree. I I do think we've gotten to a good good set of rules. We've been together ten years, and we have a process. Or every season, we're uh, adjusting the rules. Um, I think we got to where we're we're gonna do every other season now. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. But yeah. But we have kind of by rules that we get by, and we do have a back to back champion right now. But it's nothing but pure luck. I mean, that's the pure luck. <laughs> Thievery. <laughs> There's a little thievery involved. Yeah. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> let's stick to the AFC West. Let's, little, get, let's get back to the freaking uh, Chiefs, man. It's, it's, it's a little raw for Rich over there. We don't want to. I did, I did get second place last year, so I'm a little, a little bitter. There's a little bitterness. Yeah. The, uh, the Name little, a second place winner that's not bitter. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews combo was was lethal in Week 16 last year, and oh, you know who would have thought? I that, mean, Mark Andrews was a waiver ad, and Lamar Jackson cost about two or three bucks in the draft. So it just goes to show, you know, you build your team, you stick with it, and, and you get super lucky, you can win. You get super lucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back to the Chiefs. Uh, Obviously, their Super Bowl run was super impressive. Uh, Andy Reid has got that offense clicking along with Patrick Mahomes. And I, I was going to mention their draft because Richie did mention the receivers on the outside. Tyreek Hill is obviously going to be, you know, a top wide receiver pick. Travis Kelsey's he's had four straight 1,000-yard seasons under his belt. So, you know, he's a legit tight end one. I noticed in the draft, though, they brought in this running back from LSU. And then his name is uh, Clyde Edwards Dash Hilaire. He's hyphenated, but you know that's okay. I don't think you say the dash. I There's think you just say his name. Should we, should we just call him the hyphen? Is he the new hyphen? Let's call that's him okay. the dash. We'll call him Dash. We'll call Let's him call dash. him Dash, dude. That's dash. good. Yeah, hey Dash. Boom. <laughs> He's, uh, he came from the what the best offense in college football in LSU. And he transitioned right as the number 32 pick in the draft to the Chiefs. And 
I got to imagine he's going to fit right in because their number one RB now is Damian Williams. They let uh, LaShawn McCoy go. So I'm wondering what you uh, think, Brad, about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's going to be a beast, honestly. I think he's going to be really good. I mean, I think what they were missing was a solid running back before. And so I think they got it now. So I think they're just primed to make another Super Bowl appearance and possibly another Super Bowl win. I agree, man. And you look at uh, you look at that running back that they drafted, and Damian Williams. You know he was serviceable. There was kind of a lot of hype going into him in last year's draft, and it didn't quite work out. He did score a few touchdowns in the Super Bowl. You know he's not a slouch, but I gotta believe that uh, that rook seems like he's gonna be primed to take over the lion's share of the carries in uh, Kansas City. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's where it's headed. I, I, I think um, Clyde Edwards Lair, the dash, he's gonna he'll end up um, he'll up, end up being the back there. Uh, Damian Williams, he's he's a good back, but I mean, give it to the end of the season, I think he takes over. A good play. I, I, how much do you think he goes for? How much? What, what kind of value is he looking at? I don't know. I think he's gonna have a similar value like Zeke came in to the league or Barkley. So I think some people are gonna you know, pay a hefty penny for him. So I think he's going to go for 35 to 50. I mean, that's kind of a big range, but it's, it's, it's a very volatile number for a guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I paid 50 for Zeke on his rookie season. How'd that work out for you? Um, Worked out fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) It's called a championship, buddy. Yeah. uh, uh, But I couldn't imagine paying that on Edwards of this year. Even I think someone will though. Oh man. I think he's going to get hyped. I do think he's going to get hyped. That might drive up his auction price. It's, it's Dash, man. How do you not get hyped for Dash? We're hyping <laughs> I mean, him ourselves. Yeah, it just Kansas City's <laughs> offense is so dynamic with Andy Reid calling the plays. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he makes great decisions out there. I mean, he proved it time and time again. I mean, they came back from, let's see, in the uh, divisional round, they were down by about 20 points to the Texans, and Mahomes brought them back. Almost within a quarter, he recovered that deficit. And then they were down again. No, that's again. Mahomes for you. Yeah, they were down again against the Titans, and they were down by 10 with, what, uh, 10 minutes left in the Super Bowl to San Francisco. So Mahomes, you know, he's a playmaker. He's got weapons. Tyreek Hill, as long as he's healthy, is going to be – you know, where do you slot Tyreek Hill in terms of wide receivers? You know, are you expecting him to be top five or maybe top ten? Uh, that's I, a really tough call. I, I think he's going to be like five, six. I'll stamp it. I'll I'll say that I think Tyreek Hill's still top five. I think he'll be top five. Just the speed. He's he's proved that he's just not the deep threat. You know, he gets open underneath. He makes plays. He's a route runner, man. I, I'm I'm kind of impressed with his route running. So like he, when you bring speed and the ability to stop it on a dime and the ability to actually get through your route, um, it's it's tough to, to manage. So, and, and Pat Mahomes has the ability to hit him every time. Like if, if he's open, I feel like it's, it's, it's on its way. It's, it's coming to, to Hill and, and it's, it's going to be there for him. He's going <laughs> to, he's almost a 70 yard touchdown on any play. Yeah. Or you can even catch him five yards out and still break it for 70s that fast. Yeah. That speed. He's, yeah. He is a, he's a game breaker for sure. And always nice to have on your team, yeah. In terms of what you would pay for him in the auction draft, you know, would you rather draft Tyreek Hill or DeAndre Hopkins? If you could stop drinking the Cardinals Kool-Aid, set the cup down for a minute. I know it's hard being out here in Arizona. Who would you take, uh, Rich, over Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins? Who do you think is going to have the better year in 2020? Well, I'm going to have to go with Tyreek Hill. Just – just with the trust in the offense, you know, uh, you, you look at the offense and it's done it over year, over year, over year. And he's in whereas, the same system, right? Yeah. Same system, same coach. Whereas it's a little fresher with Ky- Kyler Murray. They've never been together. So there's that little bit of drop off there. So whereas yeah, we'll say if there's a notch against that, it would be that just, they don't have a rapport together. They haven't, you know, been together for years. So yeah. Will they be in stride coming out the gate, or will it take them till week four or five and you lose that production? So I think that all will, you know, play into it. But I still like Hopkins. I'm still drinking that Kool Aid. <laughs> I like Hopkins to top ten. I mean, it's it's tasty Kool Aid. Oh I yeah, like it, it tastes good. Like yeah. It goes down smooth. <laughs> it uh, so I like. First. 
I like him top ten for sure, still on a Hopkins. But if I had to, you know, pick a guy, it's going right. Tyree Kill. Just that okay. trust factor, a little bit of trust factor. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's just been so dynamic as a tight end, one of the top five for four years straight now. Do you expect it to continue? He's got the same quarterback. He's in the same system. I mean, is he just one of these set it and forget it number one tight ends that if you do get him in the draft, you're just going to plug him into your lineup week in, week out? I would say yes. I mean, I, to me, he's the number two tight end right now. You can't go wrong with him. He not only does he has hands, he gets open, he catches the ball. So, and they use him in the red zone, which is which is huge for tight ends. Yeah. So you don't want a tight end that just is third down possessions, but you know it goes blank when it comes touchdown time. So you don't want that. I, I think he's a great solid play, like you said, set it and forget it. I think your point on that, the red zone is key with with him. Um, even though Tyree Hill is going to be sitting there blowing off the top. There's going to be there's going to be sustained drives where you get in the red zone and he's he's the the main guy. I, I think the red zone uh, targets and the red zone touchdowns are going to get him to that number one. I mean, I could see a little bit of a, a drawback in in the uh, in the middle of the field and that kind of stuff, but I think he's just going to be the red zone option. Right. And yeah, and I think uh, Mahomes trusts him too. So. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they have a good rapport together for sure, and you just look at you know. Kelsey, is he going to be like that tight end that once you draft him, you plug him in your lineup every week, is he going to carry you? You know, is he going to be that good where he's going to carry you? Because there are a lot of options, but you look at some of the best offenses around the league, and we kind of talked about some last week, where we talk about the receivers, we talk about the running back and the quarterback, but having that dominant tight end like Travis Kelsey in a really good offense puts him at the next level even George Kittle who was a great tight end and been super productive the last couple years in fantasy I don't see the weapons around him that are around Kelsey I would put Kittle actually number one for the main reason I watched him play through that injury last year and the man's a beast man that guy just wants to win like it's crazy you see it in his eyes like that guy's a warrior you know, I don't care what happens. He's got a broken ankle. I still think he's trying to suit up. So I put him number one because he's going to get me through the whole season. And not to say Kelsey's not tough, but I just think Kittle's a, he's a warrior, man. I might lean towards um, Kelsey over Kittle. Just being in a throwing offense. You know what I mean? Uh, San Francisco loves to run the ball. So, I mean, that does set up for the tight end here and there, but I do know that Kansas City's offense is a throwing offense. They're going right. to want to throw the ball up. So if I, so if I, if I have a decision like that, don't get me wrong. They're, they're probably very close to each other, but I choose the throwing offense over the running offense. Okay. And yeah, I mean, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, yeah, they're both great tight ends. Obviously they're Yeah, we're talking one, a one B. Yeah. We're they're uh, they're both can be productive. And, um, but I like that, uh, that analysis because yeah, Kittle does kind of have that grit, that edge that you just love in a player as a fantasy owner. Because like you said, he's going to do everything he can do to get back out on the field every single Sunday, you know, whatever it takes. So the, the players up. around him rally behind that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's a locker room leader. He, you know, he seems like the type. I'd I say Kittle and Kelsey are both probably uh, pretty good uh, locker room guys. But the, the motivation factor there for the Chiefs, they already won the Super Bowl. So, you know, there's nowhere to go but down, really, I guess is the way you would say it. I would expect or win another Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I would expect them to be a contender again this year. Are you thinking the Chiefs are going to be uh, far and above the best team in the AFC West this year, Rich? Yeah, I think that's what we'll see. Um, I think it's pretty clear they've they've you know perfected the offensive side almost, with also adding a piece in the off season with uh, the dash, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, the dash you, you perf- the dash he's you know he's he's there he's ready that's so that's an improvement you know um and then you get to the defensive side they improved on defense a little bit too um so for that for that reason i, I would definitely see them as like that 13 win team somewhere in there you know i see them winning like 12 games or so uh maybe 11 i do think they're going to win that division but i do not think it'll be as easy sledding as it was last year I think the Broncos and the Chargers both stepped up their game and got incredibly better. So while I think they are going to win, I think it's just going to be a little tougher, a little closer games, that's all. Okay. All right. So moving on, we'll go to our next team. 
which is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. That sounds a little weird coming out of my mouth, but hey, they <laughs> that's what they are now. They're the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, always bet on black. That's what they say. So the black and silver is in Las Vegas now. And, you know, this team is interesting. I don't know. Uh, John Gruden's been there a couple of years. You, you see he's trying to build something out there. Um, I imagine they'll get a little pop just moving to Las Vegas and Las Vegas having a professional football franchise. That'll be interesting. But I would definitely uh, say that the Las Vegas Raiders are one to watch this year. There was a lot of trade rumors regarding Derek Carr in the offseason. I was just wondering what you thought about Rich uh, because Derek Carr has been there. Uh, he's been pretty productive. He's not a top quarterback, but he's definitely a serviceable one. You know, do you think they made the right move by holding on to Carr? Well, yeah, you could, you could say consistency is important sometimes. So I, I think keeping him in the system, he's been there. He knows the system. That's, that's really what's, what's key there. However, they did bring in Marcus Mariota. So I do think that's a little bit of an indication. They paid him a little bit of money to be a backup. Um, it's an indication that it's possible that they would want to move on. So it should be interesting to see during the season. Um, I've, I've seen that maybe leading that direction. What do you think, Brad? Uh, ever since Gruden came into to the – well, it was Oakland back then. But ever since he came to that organization, I don't think he's ever really liked Derek Carr. He never really had an option to move him or had a good piece, so he stuck with him because he was serviceable. But bringing Mariota in, I think he likes him as a quarterback and would like, but I'm not sure if it's actually going to pan out. So quarterback competition going on, so that might elevate Derek Carr's play. So you might see, regardless, I think the quarterback play out of the Raiders will be better this year than last year. So I do think that is an improvement, but I don't think either one of them will be, you know, the quarterback in the, you know, two three years down the road. Yeah, I see I see what you're saying there. Mariota, they definitely brought him in to kind of push Carr, it seems like, to kind of, you know, light a fire under him, I guess would be the best way to say it. So Mariota, you know, maybe you see what Tannehill did coming from Miami to Tennessee, and he kind of took the reins and took over that offense and made uh, Marcus Mariota irrelevant down there in Tennessee. You just wonder if Mariota has the kind of grit and the kind of talent level to – kind of displaced car so i wonder i wonder how that's going to play out because it definitely there was a lot of trade rumors connected to Derek carr i just don't think there's a market for him right now but what do you think rich i can chop it all up he, so don't he's worry. speechless yeah, he's yeah, speechless yeah, yeah. absolutely speechless uh He's like, I don't want to talk about Derek Carr anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I already said what I was saying about Derek Let's get back Carr. to the Chiefs, man. Right. The <laughs> Chiefs were actually good. Yeah. Right. You know what? It's gotta... definitely not fun talking about the Raiders right now. So no. can we talk about the Chiefs? But I, oh, yeah, I was just done with Carr. Right. I don't need to talk to Carr. I'm done with, like, I'm done with Carr like Gruden Just, just hold up the get X over next it. time. Really. Uh, <laughs> what? Buzzer. God. I'm done. Right. That's funny. So, Brad. Oh, no. Let All me right. ask you this. Well, yeah, Brad. we can chop it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's fine, dude. We'll just keep going. I'm, I'm yeah. actually no. It's yeah. good. We'll, we'll find good. the we'll find the good pieces out of it. You know. Yep. Yep. You chop my shit off. It's a mix don't, and match. Don't oh, chop, I'm chopping all your shit out, bro. Your shit is fucking weak. Ooh. Weak sauce. Just bringing the burns. All right, buddy. Um, you heard me here and here. But okay, <laughs> well, let's let's set up let's set up Jacobs. All right. Brad, Jacobs. now you were a Josh Jacobs owner last year. Yep, I know you drafted one. him. You were a believer in his talent as a rook. And he came out and he was pretty much a bowling ball, just bouncing down the field, rumbling, stumbling for some touchdowns. What else do you want in a running back? Oh, that's, he had a great rookie year. He really did. I know he got banged up at the end there. I think he got hurt in a crucial week for you. Yeah, he got hurt. And, uh, the thing is him is uh, he's such a tough guy. He played through the injury, which kind of hurt fantasy owners because, you know, he's, he's going in playing. So you want the same production, but right. you know, he's, he's not even trying to be a decor. He's just trying to play through it. He just doesn't have it all. So, I mean, I got to give him respect for playing through it all, but it did kind of hurt my team because, you know, I'm used to getting like 13, 16 points on average out of him and he's giving me nine to 12. So, you know, I'm taking a little dip in production from that. 
Yeah, he was definitely productive uh, as a rook, and he just was one of the most ferocious runners that I saw last year. He kind of just would hit the hole. Make he was hungry. Bounce off. So getting back into it, we were talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. Viva Las Vegas. If they ever open it back up to the old days. Like you said, Brad, what do you put in the wheel? 34 black? Uh, Yeah, that's that's my number, man. <laughs> I see anything that goes cha-ching, cha-ching, I'll play it. So. Yeah. yeah. Ask Rich about my three-card poker days. That is the best sound ever in Las Vegas, <laughs> that cha-ching. You, you want that story on here? He's man? got some stories about three-card <laughs> poker in our Vegas times. Three-card yeah. poker, yeah. man. That's, yeah. that's like what 85-year-old men play. They just sit there. Yeah, I hit a – what was it? A, a straight flush I hit? Straight flush. It was hit like, a straight flush in three-card poker, man. Like 30 bucks out there. I made like $1,200 or something. It was insane. And I think I lost it all in like the next two hours. <laughs> I think it was about – I think he had about three or four hours before it was all completely gone. Yeah. All that's, gone again. That's yeah. the best part, dude, for sure. Because as soon as you win, you're like, okay, I'm going to double this. Here we go. It's like weird. I didn't know I had a problem back then. It's so weird. <laughs> it's crazy. It's normal to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 1200 bucks in a couple of hours. That's normal. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about uh, the Raiders and the draft they had. It was kind of an interesting pick, I think a little bit of a surprise for some people when the Raiders reached up. Some say they might have reached a little too far, but they snagged Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. What would you think about that pick, Rich? I definitely thought it was an interesting pick. Um, like you said, not a lot of people expected it. I think a lot of people had C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy as a, as a hot pick than him. Um, but if you look at the tape and you look at the character of the guy, um, I think the Raiders really got themselves to gem here. The guy, well, first of all, on the field, he's a speedster. So part of that offense, um, having Waller around and then having rugs to just burn it off the top with um, Josh Jacobs involved. We're looking at a situation where the guy is going to break free for some big touchdowns this year. Um, not only that, He's a strong route runner. So I really like Ruggs. I like Ruggs the third a lot. And if you look at it, uh, Raiders last year, this year, drafted a couple guys that seemed like they overdrafted them. It was almost kind of like perfect situations for them where they got into just the right players. I, I see that with Ruggs this year. I like this guy. I like him a lot. Look at his talent, you know. <laughs> so I always, I always know what Gruden's going to do. So I, I really thought CeeDee Lamb was going to go above him, but like you, Rich said, I think it'll be a good fit regardless. Yeah, Henry Ruggs, I mean, he, Rich is right when he said he's a physical receiver. He's got the body. You know, he's got the size to where you know he can, he can uh, match up with some of these DBs. And then the speed, you know, they got yeah. Hunter Renfro. They got Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. So that's, that's another offense that you're looking at like, okay, th this uh, yeah. could pop. But, you know, record-wise, I mean, we're – I just don't know if the Raiders might be a year or two away from really competing, in my opinion. You know, they, they could probably – I mean, they're going against the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. I mean, those teams are just so good. So, I mean, I, it, I think they're going to finish last place. But, I mean, it will be a respectable team, though. Fantasy-wise, I think they'll put their, up numbers. Their talent level is definitely depreciated to any other team in that division. Um, but you'll definitely, you'll definitely see they have, they have less value. And so um, – Overall, you know, I do see a tough season, but um, a decent offense. You know, I, I can see they have the offense to pieces to kind of piece it together out there I, and have a couple fantasy relevant guys. I like, I like Josh Jacobs this year. I like, I like maybe Henry Ruggs for a real cheap value, obviously. And Darren Waller, depending on his price, too. For sure. He's going to be in the conversation, the tight end conversation. Yeah. All right, and we're back on the Organic Football Podcast, and we were discussing the AFC West, and we're getting to the LA Chargers now. They're moving into the new building. Uh, it kind of looks like there's going to be a new era started out there in LA with the departure of Phillip Rivers, and they went out and drafted with the number six position, Justin Herbert. What did you think about that pick, Brad, coming from Oregon? Uh, I think he's going to be a solid QB. And I think they got Tyrod Taylor, you know, to fill in the shoes until he gets his, you know, gets his feet wet. So I think he's going to be solid. 
Uh, I liked him down in Buffalo. And I like their receivers with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And they got a solid backfield. And a lot of people are forgetting about Justin Jackson back there. But him and Eckler are a nice one-two combo. So Hunter Henry in there. I mean, they got a lot of weapons on that offense. And then their defense, they kind of shared it up on the back end. So I like what they're doing. We'll just see if he pans out, really. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of solid guys there. Yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty interesting point about Justin Jackson. Um, good back. Uh, so, yeah, when you see Austin Eckler, he's kind of that smaller back. And I see Justin Jackson, he's more that, you know, prolific type back that you've seen he's got the big body but he can also make the moves i wonder if it's going to be a more 50 50 timeshare there you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and you got uh austin eckler coming off really his best year as a pro i mean he filled in nicely for melvin gordon when he was holding out and like you said through the first half of the season he was one of the uh top two or three backs fantasy points wise in the nfl I wonder, do you think, uh, Rich, he'll be able to carry that RB1 load and then uh, Justin Jackson will kind of be the third down uh, change of pace back for him? Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting because, like I said, I do, I do see, like, Justin Jackson more as, like, he should be the every down back but, um, yeah, and use more Eckler as the change of pace, and he could be a little more dynamic in that role. But it um, seems like the Chargers are willing to willing to let it ride. So, I, I I'm not sure, but when I when I watch tape, I like Justin Jackson a lot. But you know, I'm not I'm not in the building, obviously. So, but you know, I'll tell you, like I, I like I like Justin Jackson in the backfield, but I, I would hope to see him hopefully in that fifty fifty role at some point. Yeah, Austin Eckler, you know, he broke off quite a few big runs last year. You know, uh, catching oh, no on the backfield as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he uh, can kind of keep progressing. Or if it's going to be like a flash in the pan season for him. Not well, sure. he def- he definitely came out hot and he kind of simmered out throughout the season. So we'll kind of see how that, that pans out the same way. Right on. And the receiving core, you know, Keenan Allen, he's been there forever. Uh, he's going to get you a baseline of fantasy production. I've never been a huge fan of his. Um, I know he's put up some big games here and there. I don't think there's too much that's really special about Keenan Allen when it comes to the receiver position. What do you guys think? If we played a PPR, maybe he's, he's, he's Mr. Mr. Reliable. He's going to go get 10 catches. Um, He does go get the ball, but nothing really too fancy about it. You know what I mean? The guy, guy who's going to get me 102 yards on 10 catches. That's real good in a, in a PPR league. In our league, you're, you're talking, um, you know, that's a solid flex flex two guy in my opinion. Yeah, I'm much more likely to go after Mike Williams, the bigger receiver. You know, a healthy Mike Williams, I should say. But as long as he stays healthy, I like him hard, better. As a... Hard to find. That guy's hard to find. But yeah, I mean, yeah. My, he Mike stays Williams, healthy, he's a beast. Mike Williams, I love that guy, but like, I mean, when he's healthy, he's unstoppable, really. He's yeah. a big body receiver in that in that red zone capacity. He's almost unstoppable. But not healthy. Not Not usually healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, Keaton Allen just kind of always uh, seemed like a pedestrian type of type of player to me. But I know kinda that he does go out there and, 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 you know, he puts up points and, you know, there's there's teams that roll out with him every single week and do all right. But He's I guess, like Anquan Bolden back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I'm the same way. That's where a good one. With, with yeah. my receivers, when I'm looking to draft, I, I lean towards the guys that I think really have that pop, that breakout potential and – I think those years, you know, are behind Keenan Allen as he, he's getting a little older. But moving oh, on yeah. to Hunter Henry, the the tight big tight end they have there, he was banged up. I want to say he was out to like week ten or eleven last year before he came back. He's always shown something when he could stay healthy. You just wonder if he's going to have the rapport with uh, Tyrod if he ends up being the starter, or if they throw the rookie to the wolves and uh, just let him play. You know, it's. <laughs> I guess training camp will show if uh, the, and uh, the preseason will show if the Rook's ready for the big stage, huh? Yeah. Either way, I like Hunter Henry. I think he's someone you could take a, a gamble on. He's going to be solid, get you good numbers. And like you said, I think this actually might be his breakout year. I think it's his third, fourth year now. He's been solid pretty much every year. He, he got shadowed by Gates for a little while. And uh, now that it's his show and I think his next year being hit on his own, it'll be pretty good. I think I think I agree with the the fact on Hunter Henry that 
he'll have a good a good year regardless of the quarterback situation. Um, Tyrod Taylor, uh, that's a guy who's pretty conservative with the football, likes to take care of the football, so he likes to use his tight ends um, as the outlet. Uh, it's but you know same thing. So you'd probably find the same thing for the Justin Herbert. It, he's going to be looking for his tight end. So um, I, I would think Hunter Henry is a nice safe play. Um, you can get him. I, I think you get probably pretty cheap and get get steady tight end production out of him. Yeah, I don't see anyone really going on a bidding war for Hunter Henry. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily fits the bill as a as a top five guy, but I think he could end up definitely giving you top five numbers. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think his ceiling could be high because he is a young guy, and he's like you said, he's kind of coming into his own with Gates being gone. So you wonder if he's kind of really gonna bust through the ceiling of his uh, fantasy potential this year. You know, it, it all depends on, yeah, the stability at quarterback overall as an offense. You know, some uh, some dynamic playmakers on there. Um, I, I'm interested. I'm really interested in Austin Eckler, you know, if he can repeat what he did last year. But that's going to be a, a wait and see on that one. I did I did want to say, you know, yeah, you, you, you've seen a lot in Eckler last year. Like, there, there are definitely plays where you see that he's got high-end talent too. Um, he's just a smaller guy. So, like, that's what kind of worries me. So, and I – I think a lot of teams in the NFL are, are looking towards that kind of like uh, running back committee approach, and especially with, you know, a smaller guy. That, that's where I would lean with that a little bit. But you were, you were wondering about value. Is that what you're saying, Brad? Yeah, I put his value probably at 35. Okay. So that yeah. sounds about right. That sounds about right. Auction draft. I mean, if you get Eckler for $35, you'd be happy with that, especially just based on you got to think the workload is going to be there for him both uh, running and catching it out of the backfield. So, yeah, I would put a nice premium on Eckler. Other than that, I mean, that kind of wraps up the Chargers. Uh, What about their defense, though? You look at the Chargers' fantasy defense, and they did also in the first round pick up a linebacker um, to kind of solidify the the middle of their defense there. And, you know, they got Joey Bosa on that line. So, you know, you're going to get sacks. You'll get your fantasy points from the Chargers, but – you just wonder if they're going to get scored on, you know, a lot. Yeah, that seemed to be their weakness last year. Is they they constantly put up points, but they gave up a lot of junk points at the end. So they took a really nice score of twelve, and you know, got diminished down to three for a dollar. Sure, why not? There's a boast on the team. I'll take a flyer on it, but I'm not. They're not on top of my list this year. Yeah, Bosa, Bosa will get you some sacks. I don't think there's a, a ton of, like, real playmakers for, like, interceptions to be happening and all that. Chiefs in the divisions, that's that's a little tough. So, um, I, I'd probably steer clear this year. I, I owned them last year. Um, it just wasn't anything special. I think I think Brad was right when he says that. Nothing popped. They took 12s and turned them into sixes every week. Right, and that's pretty much what you're not looking for. I mean – you know, you want your defense to be solid, but also there are those weeks that come where, you know, a 20 to 30 point effort from a defense can really put you over the top and win you a game. So they're uh, every New England owner last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were insane for the first uh, first half of the season there. But so, yeah, that's a that's a decided advantage if you can find that defense that's going to pop and win you two or three weeks, key weeks in the season. It's huge to get that defense. I, I like to get that defense. I mean, there's there's strategies to go about it, but, like, you know, in our league with the limited waivers, we don't, like, stream it out that much. So, you know, you, you kind of have to hit on, like, you know, two max defenses that you could pick for the year that's got to hit like that. So you got to find it, though. When you do find it, it pops. Like you said, the Patriots were, were sick last year. Well, not only that, you said two defenses. We only have 14 roster spots when we start eight. So right. you're wasting one of your bench moves on a defense. So <clears throat> a lot of times you're rolling out just one and hoping for the best. You know, come yeah. by time, you're picking up a new defense. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe a swing of trade where, where a defense is thrown in there. When it comes to drafting your fantasy defense, Brad, you know, what do you look for as far as a defense that's really going to make a difference on your team? To me, you can either go after the one or two top defenses, pay a little extra money, kind of set yourself aside in that category. Or you just kind of you look for a team that kind of, like you said, made some good moves and got some playmakers. you looking for guys to make pick sixes. Those are big points. You know, special teams that always come around like New England. You know, they always did a great job. Yeah, it seems I think like, uh, you just look for playmakers, really. 
It seems like the last few years in fantasy, and let me know if you guys know this, that the defenses, the DSTs, like the best ones have kind of alternated. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. You know, a few years back, Jacksonville had a dominant year. You know, then the Bears uh, the year after, you know, had a huge year as a fantasy defense. And then, you know, they went for a pricey amount the year after, but then didn't really, uh, you know, hold up their end of the deal there. So it's kind of, uh, I like the idea of thinking outside the box when it comes to, you know, rostering your fantasy defense, young defense, you know, a, a new coordinator maybe, or somebody that seems like it's going to light a fire on them. You know, San Francisco's defense kind of came out of nowhere last year too, to really be dominant. Yeah. I think Nick uh, Bosa came out of nowhere. <laughs> I think if uh, you oh, get one of those out top of two, the Ohio state university, yeah, <laughs> but if you get one of those top two defenses, like I said, I mean, you're golden. So to me, spend a dollar, two dollars max if you really like one, getting one of the top two defenses. Because the Patriots this year, I don't see them being as good as last year. So No, neither do I. I mean, their offense isn't going to be as good. They're going to be in less position. So I wouldn't spend money on them, but someone will. Yeah, somebody will pay up for them just based on what they did last year for sure. Yeah, what do you think, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I wonder about defenses. Uh, I, they, they befuddle me sometimes because I, 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 that's one area where I don't feel like I always get the, the points I'm looking for out of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's one where I'm like scratching my head sometimes. It feels, it feels a little fluky, but like I know there is a little more strategy to it. This year on a defense, I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I, I couldn't tell you a great defense out the gate. Right. And it, it's like, like you said, it can be fluky because defensive scores sometimes come out of nowhere. Or, you know, there will just be weeks where, you know, a defense will dominate because they're at home and the crowd's behind them, you know, and they get a couple of strip sacks or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, yeah. just when it comes to drafting fantasy defenses, I usually look for the reliable ones or maybe the ones that might have like a budding superstar, you know the Jadavian Clownies or, you know, different, uh, just different studs that you've seen, you know, kind of land on a defense and say, okay, that might, that might make a difference. Or if I like a team like the Bills, like I just know that they're going to be hard-nosed and defensive oriented. Uh, Steelers, Steelers are always a good, it pains me to say that, but Steelers are usually a good defense. Um, They they play hard-nosed football. So like, I know Mike Tomlin wants to bring defense. So like me personally, I'm, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, so like, I've got to leave the Steelers at the door. I learned that last season. Freaking Juju, juju. Schuster, freaking bad Juju on my team. Don't put him on my team. So I'm done with the Steelers personally. But you know, teams like that, tough, tough teams like the Steelers, good defense. In my book this year, going into it, it's Baltimore and San Francisco are the two favorites. Just because the Calais Campbell edition, I mean, they're already a solid defense to start, so I think that's going to boost them. And then, like you said, San Francisco, they kind of came out of nowhere last year, and I think they're going to continue that. So those are kind of my two favorites right now, but like you said, I'm not paying much money. We might get to a sneaky defense here coming up, so let's get there. Yeah, and just going back to the 49ers, though, like you said, just the way they run the ball, you couple that with their stout defense, and that's, that's a recipe for success there. All right, now we're going to move on to the last team we're going to talk about in, out in the AFC West. Uh, you know, AFC. I wonder if they'll be the last place team, but we'll see. And Always the, seems to be late to the show, Denver Broncos. Yeah, the Denver Broncos. And, you know, I think you mentioned it in a different uh, episode, Rich, but they were actually sneaky good down the stretch. Drew Lock had them going 4-1 and one down the stretch last year, which, uh, you know, I – barely even took notice of because they were so bad for uh, most of the season. But, you know, Drew, Drew Locke did kind of seem like he uh, was able to steer that ship. And then they got some other uh, weapons on the offense, including bringing in Melvin Gordon. Yeah, man, they, they look, um, they look good. I, I'll tell you, I, I, I used to tell Brad that I didn't really like Drew Locke. <laughs> I, I see, I see it kind of as an error. I didn't think it was a good pick. But he did look good. He they looked good at the end of last year. They were winning some games. Offense was coming around. I do. I I think this this division is having some pretty stellar looking offensive pieces. Um, so you got to look out for them. Drew Locke looked good. Uh, they bring in Melvin Gordon, you know, and then uh, we're, we were talking about a tight end earlier. 
who is that, Brad? You like no offense. Like yeah, I like no offense. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, man, that guy found the end zone last year. And what what don't you like in a tight end that finds the end zone? So to me, he's right. definitely on my radar. I feel like he should be cheap enough, and he could possibly be top ten. So all yeah, the numbers add up. I could see Fant popping this year. Yeah, and you know, and and like you said, I wouldn't say that Noah Fant is exactly a household name. You know, there's no secrets in fantasy. Obviously, you know, no people. Know let's not say his name too are, much. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just call him Fant. You know, breaking news: tight end on the Broncos news. might this be good. Guy is good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they got him, and uh, it's his second year, so we'll see if he takes that next step and kind of, you know, starts to be a integral part of the offense. He, he did so, show some uh, flashes last year, I agree. Then you got Cortland Sutton on the outside who, you know, to me, he's had some, some decent games, but, you know, he never really jumped off the page at me. Do you think he's the type of receiver who's going to kind of come into his own or is it going to be, you know, more of a middle-tier guy? Uh, see, I see him as a, a, a wide receiver number two, not really as a wide receiver number one. So, you know, if they're – their draft pick, Judy, comes in and, you know, does well. I see them, you know, really hitting strides and, you know, making a stride for the second place in their division. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon was a huge acquisition. Philip Lindsay, I think that's a wonderful one-two punch. To me, it's really about Drew Locke and the wide receivers because you know that defense is going to show up, and now I'm not really worried about their backfield at all. So, so yeah, Drew Locke and the wide receivers can play. This can be a dangerous team. I think they're. I think they're going to be a solid team. That's 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 what I see. Is like I. I don't know if they have high end potential. You know, AFC West uh, champion potential, but yeah, I see. I see them pushing for like a playoff spot. They're 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 in that kind of like area. So, I do see a good defense there, though. That's that's one thing. Vic Fangio's defense, very good, very good defense. So like, uh, that might be a defense to look into for cheap too. You know. That's where I was going earlier was I think they're kind of a sneaky defense. You can pick up pretty cheap and get, get real good production out of them. I mean, they do I, I do think it's tough to, when you play the Chiefs twice. Um, I would have a backup for that kind of situation. I don't really want to play the Chiefs. But um, other than that, I think Denver Denver is going to run the ball. Uh, Denver is going to control the ball. Uh, and also, I, I like the rookies, man. I like Jerry Judy. I don't know what you guys think about Jerry Judy, but I, I really like him. I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, I thought that was a good pick. Uh, they needed to bring in a, a big uh, physical wide receiver and somebody that can go out there and go get the ball up in mile high. And like you said, I mean, th that's another team right there. They want to run the ball and play defense. The tight end will get some work for sure, especially in the red zone. No offense will get some work. And then you got the two receivers, and it's just a, a matter of, you know, how much belief you have that, that one will be able to be a consistent fantasy producer. It could be the rook. You know, would the rookies have come into this league before and dominated, or you know, it could be Cortland Sutton that kind of turns a corner and and you know maybe has a Pro Bowl caliber caliber season. We'll see. Well, I definitely like to take like a couple risks on you know uh, young receivers, uh, rookie wide receivers, wide receivers and running backs. I, I think it's I think it's good to have those young guys that can be kind of a lottery ticket for you where they're, if they are able to produce, then you're, you're, you're really maxing out the value. Yeah. It seems to be a recipe for a championship. You get that solid running back, the guy that's produced, maybe his third year really hitting his all cylinders. And then you get a rookie running back for a little bit cheaper. And then those two, that one, two combo really can set you apart from everyone else. Yeah. And, uh, you mentioned it, Brad, you know, with the running backs and, uh, you know, how much you're going to pay up in the draft. You just wonder, is, is Melvin Gordon going to go for over 50? Or, you know, are people going to kind of forget that, hey, this guy's on the Broncos now and they're looking to hand him the rock? That would be heavily overpaying for Melvin Gordon, in my opinion. I would put him at 30, 35. I mean, if people want to pay that, that's fine, but. To me, you'd be overpaying. Yeah, I think I think the presence of Philip Lindsay will probably drive his price down, and and I mean, hopefully, like I mean, I if it if it drives his price down enough, then I would scoop it up. But you know, I, I don't don't deny that Philip Lindsay has some talent there too. He's a good running back. Yeah, he he's elusive and finds the holes, man. So yeah, so they he's definitely want to see his him. Plays. Yeah, yeah, he's they're going to want to give him give him his touches. 
Yeah. And I, I did read an article that uh, Philip Lindsay came out to the media and did say he wasn't too happy about them bringing in Melvin Gordon. So, you know, we'll He's see a if fiery the, guy. Man. Yeah. We'll see yeah. if, uh, you know, if, if Vic Fangio is able to, to manage the egos in the backfield and get everybody their touches. Going back to what you mentioned about uh, drafting rookies, though, you know, Brad, I think you like to call them your project, you know, projects. So You always have to have a couple projects, man. Yeah. And, you know, with our league, obviously the bench space is limited, so you can only stash them for so long. You either got to cut ties or plug them into your lineup eventually. Yeah, it's, it's always... frustrating when you cut them early and then week eight they just start popping and you're yeah. like, man, he was on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's tough, man. It is. You got to ride with them and kind of hope. Last year, I think I had Justice Hill on my bench for I don't know how long, thinking he might get an opportunity in Baltimore and uh, never came because Mark Ingram just dominated. So, all right. So that is going to wrap up our analysis of the AFC West. And I was just wondering if you guys have any uh, predictions as to who is going to be the breakout uh, fantasy stud coming out of the AFC West. Brad, what do you think? That's tough to tell. I think Melvin Gordon, if you can get him cheap, he could be really solid. But pretty much anyone on the Chiefs I, I go with. Yeah, and my, my sneaky guy, and hopefully hopefully he remains sneaky, I, I like Henry Ruggs the third. Um, I think he's a burner. I think he's going to tear off the top there quite a few times. So I, I, I like to take it and have put him in a flex spot and just pop, you know, the four weeks where he just pops. So that's my guy. Right on. And yeah, sticking with that uh, rookie thing. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the chiefs and just that running back, they brought in the dash that we talked about, you know, I'm yeah. looking at him like uh, he's going to be a really nice fit in that offense and, and most likely uh, a big playmaker. So that would be my uh, breakout candidate. I just don't know what people are going to put his value at. That's my only question, you know, Right. Coming in on the best offense, you know, it looks like he's going to be the yeah, the guy, you know. It it's intriguing. It doesn't appear he's going to be in much of a timeshare with Damian Williams. So, you know, we'll see how training camp and the preseason plays out. But that would be my guy, the dash, Clyde the Glide. And I'm okay with a little timeshare to keep my back fresh. I just don't want, you know, 50-50. You and know. you don't want to get vultured. Getting vultured. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hate when, you know, you know on the <laughs> one-yard line feeling. and they take your guy out. They took you 99 yards down the field, you know. That's one of the worst things besides injuries. Who, that who's happen. that fullback in New England? He, he did it to everyone last year. Oh, Devlin. De- Devlin. Yeah, Devlin. Devlin, yeah. Devlin got some <laughs> touchdowns, man. Ain't no one starting Devlin. So I'm sure guys are just like, what is yeah. going on, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, had, I had a game last year where uh, Nick Chubb, drove him all the way down the field and then you know freddie kitchens in his wise uh one of his wiser <laughs> moments put Ernest, somebody dearness somebody in the game uh i forget his name he's kind of their third down back but yeah right at the one yard line and walked into the end zone <laughs> <laughs> so uh that kind of wraps that up and then just real quick if there's any draft tidbits you want to share uh with the people out there when they're they're going into their auction draft and how to budget uh, you know, for me, I, I'd say one thing to focus in on, especially like if you're going organic rules, like we've talked about, like with our league, um, we do want to, we, we focus on a bell cow back. You, you're going to have to have at least one of those guys in my, when I go into draft, I'm thinking about getting one of those top guys. And, and every year at in least. the NFL, it seems that the bell cow, the at traditional least. bell cow, <laughs> there seems like there's less and less of them, you know, less for and sure. less bell cows to choose from. So Makes oh, the price is so hefty. That's and that's why the price that's goes right. starts to skyrocket. Yep. Yeah. All yeah, teams from, four backs. Coming from the guy who somehow ended up paying ninety one year. I'll I'll admit it. I paid ninety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely need your running back. I mean, I've always gone with the two to three running backs and one wide receiver. But with the later of the rule changes, I've kind of more shifted my focus to two and two. I definitely do like to say people that don't think about this much running backs on good teams, winning teams, because they're going to be playing ahead. They're going to run the ball in the fourth quarter. That's something to pay attention to and wide receivers on bad teams because they're playing from behind. So they're going to actually be throwing the ball down the road. That's just something to think about too. All right. And that is going to wrap up our fantasy analysis of the AFC West. 
Hope y'all enjoyed it and uh, learned a few valuable nuggets that you can take into your 2020 fantasy season. We're all looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully you guys keep checking us out as the podcast evolves. want to give out some big props to my co-hosts for really bringing it on this episode, and check us out on all the socials, Organic Football Podcast. shit, I got to go do another dab.